With one hand, we reach back to the tried and tested principles which have dethroned principalities and powers. And with the other, we reach forward to the purpose, the power of God for a new generation. open them with me to the 58th chapter of Isaiah. Everybody say Isaiah 58. The command of God to Isaiah is no different than it is. The command of God to every man and woman that stands in this holy place to open up this powerful book and declare the power of God. He says, first of all, cry aloud. Well, I guess it's all right to shout then. He said, spare not. That means don't be intimidated by anybody, any philosophy, any religion. I believe with all my heart, God is calling the John the Baptist of our generation out of the wilderness. We've been eating locusts and wild honey. We've been having our provision from the very throne room of God. And we're coming out crying loud and sparing not. And our message is that modern-day John's is the same as the early John. Repent. Well, that doesn't get too much shouting, does it? I said repent. Say it again, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Then he told Isaiah, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Verse 6, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Now in verses 2 through 5, we find that Israel was having church as usual. Everybody say church as usual. But you're in this place tonight because you've had enough of church as usual. You've had enough of coming in sick and going home sick. You've had enough of the rhetoric of men. You've had enough of the opinions of men. You can say amen anytime you feel like it. You've had enough of the philosophy of religion. Religion is the perfect science of making easy things difficult. And the understandable, not understandable and confusing. But God said, I'm not paying any attention to your church services. And I'm not paying any attention to your fasting. God said, I've got a fast for you. And if you'll get on my fast, you'll undo the heavy burdens. The oppressed will go free. You will loose the bands of wickedness. Are you in this building? You'll deal your bread to the hungry, verse 7. And that they bring the poor and the cast out to thy house. My God, that would disturb a lot of churches, wouldn't it? Listen particularly to verse 12. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairers of the breach, the restorers of paths to dwell in. 
For of subtext, John chapter 8, Jesus declared these words, Truly I say unto you, if any man keep, say keep, keep. these sayings of mine, he shall not see death. I'm going to have a little help preaching tonight. Is that all right? I want you to pay very particular attention to my bridge. Everybody say, there is a bridge, is a bridge. that spans the gap. Spans the gap. And we are, we are. Repairers, repairers of the bridge, of the bridge. Restorers, restorers of paths to dwell in. And we're going to keep the pathway of God's blessing open and unobstructed in our generation. Let me tell you a story about a bridge. When Adam sinned in the garden, man's access to God was severed. Sinful man could not come into the presence of a holy God. Most of us are familiar with Michelangelo's painting in the Sistine Chapel portraying man striving to reach the outstretched hand of God. Try though he might, man could not. The gulf was too great. He couldn't fill that gulf with animal sacrifices or other pious deeds. All the blood of all the lambs ever born could not erase man's awful guilt. But God had a plan. Before there was ever a need, God had a solution. Jesus, the Son of God, would become the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus took the wood of his own cross and fashioned a bridge to span the gulf of sin. There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day, and there may I, though vile as he, Wash all my sins away. Jesus. Here comes one that is truly suffering. Sickness has been called limited death. This one has tried all and is none the better. But Jesus made a bridge. for healing was paid as those cruel stripes were made within Pilate's judgment hall. Now his suffering affords perfect healing for all. This wonderful healer is mine.
but Satan must get 1 Peter 2.24 out of the Bible or at least out of your heart. comes a troubled person though he tries not hard not to show it it's obvious to the careful observer that he's trying to fill this void with alcohol he needs a bridge oh perfect redemption the purchase of blood to every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender that truly believes that moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. <laughs> Satan is furious. He must stop this hemorrhage of his kingdom. Here is one that obviously is in need of the bridge. Healing is the children's bread. Her faith is strong. In spite of the opposition, she is determined to receive. She's determined to have all that God has made for her. She's determined that by the stripes of Jesus, she will receive the fullness of God's provision for her. Hallelujah. She is healed. Satan is equally determined to stop this bridge of miracles. Here comes a troubled teenager. She's reached the end of her hope. She has tried to fill the chasm with drugs and sex and man's philosophy. It's all failed. She's at the point reached by so many of today's youth. She's ready to end her life. The number two cause of death between ages 13 and 20 is suicide. 
the number one cause of death in this same age group is automobile accidents. And of these, 72% involve drugs or alcohol. She desperately needs this bridge. She desperately needs to cross over and receive deliverance. But the opposition is strong. Too many planks are missing. Man's arch enemy, Satan, has hindered the effectiveness of this bridge. By the thousands, they're there. Pushed down, beaten up, left for dead. Nobody seems to care. But I believe with all my heart in this building tonight, there is a remnant of a church who are going to be called in our generation the repairers of the breach, the restorers of paths to dwell in. I'm looking for a group of people tonight that want to help me rebuild the bridge in America, that want to help me rebuild the bridge and mend the torn lives and the broken marriages, that want to reach out a hand to the homeless, the hurting, the desperate, the depraved, the diseased, and the dying. I want somebody to help me reach suffering, sighing, crying, dying humanity. And I think it's time we stop playing church. I think it's time we started being the church. I think it's time we started repairing the breach, restoring paths to dwell in. If you believe it, put your hands together. Praise the Lord. Let's get started. You can be seated. I've had it with the devil. I've had it with the devil in whatever garment he chooses to wear to come to steal the authority out of the life and the bloodstream of the body of Christ, which is the only answer for this world. Now, you may think there are other answers, and sometimes we're duped that way by the federal government. We think it's their responsibility to take care of the poor. But it's not their responsibility to take care of the poor. It's our responsibility to take care of the poor. There's a man in this church. His name is Stanley. Stanley wanted to go to church for a long time, but he couldn't find anybody to bring him. We found out that he found out about World Harvest Church by standing outside, standing outside of a shop that sold televisions. And you know how they got, they've got all those televisions in there, you know, and they're all playing on a different channel. Well, somebody must have fallen asleep and they happened to get the thing on the Christian channel. And Stanley saw us through the window. And Stanley said in his heart, God, I want to get there. 
Tina watched on television spending $250 a day on crack cocaine. She didn't have any pretty clothes to wear. She'd seen us on television and everybody looked so pretty. And she said, but I don't have the right clothes to wear. But she said, I was desperate. I had seen people healed by the power of God. My children had been taken away from me and I got a taxi cab and I scraped up enough money to get in a taxi cab. And I came out there believing that God could do something for me. And then a pair of cut-off blue jeans with holes in them. And a little old tank top with body odor. And her little body emaciated and the eyes sunk back in her head. She stood right here. Right here, I'll never forget it. She stood right here, fearing and trembling. And from this pulpit, I reached one hand into the gutter and the other into glory. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you demon spirit of crack cocaine, come out of her. Somebody praise God. They're out there. They are out there by the multiplied millions just waiting on somebody to rebuild the bridge. We picked up Stanley. Stanley came in and heard the gospel. He had one, one outfit of clothing, no underwear, little old shirt and pants, shoes and no socks. But he determined I'm coming back. Every time you let me, I'm coming back. Let the affluent Mr. Big Buck stay at home if he wants to. There are some people in this world that are ready to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a reason. Brother Shambach, there's a reason. They're not climbing over the pews and running to the altars and falling prostrate over the altars like they used to. It's this ungodly affluence that we've got in this country where they've got the best doctors and the best lawyers and the best shoot. But I've got news for you, Mr. Big Bucks. The day is coming when your trembling hand will reach out for a hand that's bigger than yours. And you better hear this preacher tonight because the bridge is built for you too. We're coming after you in the name of Jesus. We're not going to let let you go. Somebody shout yes. Want to get to this bridge? Restorers of paths to dwell in. Somebody shout yes. <laughs> We're going to rebuild the bridge. Not only are we going to rebuild it, we're going to keep watch over it. This is our bridge. This is our gospel. And I've had enough of the devil stealing its power out of the midst of the church. I've had enough of him taking the planks out so that people can no longer get across the bridge. Oh, they go to church. Oh, they go to church every week with cancer and go home with more cancer. They come in discouraged and go home more discouraged. But I've got news for you. In every generation, God has had a remnant, a Holy Ghost fire baptized remnant. And he's got one in this generation. Hey, like 
like Esther. We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Let's rebuild the bridge. Not only are we going to rebuild it, we're going to do something else. We're going to keep it. He that keepeth these sayings of mine shall not see death. That word keep is very interesting in the Greek. I'm going to tell you what it means right now. It means to place in a, in a position of absolute protection. And to chaperone as one would his virgin daughters. We got some virgin truth up here that the devil and his bunch of religious heretics have raped out of the bridge that will secure blessing to hurting, desperate, dying humanity. And I think it's time we pointed our spiritual fingers under the nose of the devil. And like Dr. Lester Summerall said, hey, devil, not only are you going to leave, you're going to put it back. You're going to put revival back in our churches. You're going to put anointing back in our homes. You're going to put unity back in our churches. You're going to put victory back in our hearts. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, devil, put it back. Shout it. Put it back. John, this is all you need to know to run over the devil. Are you ready? John chapter 10 and verse 1, the Bible declares that Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the shepherd of the sheep. And he said, I'm the shepherd because I came in by the door. He said, now anybody that comes in any other way, climbs up over or tunnels down through or anything else other than the door, the same's a thief and a robber. Well, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the devil has no authority on this earth because when God formed man of the dust of the ground, that gave him earthly authority. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. When the demon spirits began to cry out when Jesus was going to cast them out, they didn't say, thou son of, thou son of man. They said, thou son of God. We know who thou art. Yeah. Torment us not. Well, what, the devils went to preaching for God? Thou son of God? No, that's not what happened. They knew that as the son of God, he was a spirit being. And as long as he was a spirit being, he had no authority on the face of the earth. But Jesus came not only as the son of God, but as the son of man. And he said, devil, shut up and come out of them. And they had to come. That's the reason we clap our hands because we show our earthly authority. As long as we're in an earth suit, we have authority. And because we're born again, we've got anointing. We've got authority and anointing to drive the works of hell out of our lives. Now, when the thief gets found, he has to restore sevenfold. And he's going to do it because we're going to rebuke him. Luke chapter 4, Peter's mother-in-law had been taken out with a great fever. They called on Jesus. There was a little 
little boy that cut himself and threw himself in the fire. Hear me tonight. His daddy took him to the disciples. They couldn't do anything for him. I love what Jesus said. That's all right. Bring the boy to me. Humpty Dumpty fell off a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. That nursery rhyme always bothered me because I always wondered why they called on the king's horses and the king's men. How come nobody ever called on the king? I think it's time we stop calling on our programs. We stop trying to find out how to make a big church from somebody that's already got one. I'll tell you when you get a big church, when you get your mind off having a big church and you get your mind on little people that have been pushed back and pushed down and left for dead. Jesus said, bring him to me. And he healed him. Luke chapter 4, Peter's mother-in-law taken out with a great fever. They called on Jesus. And when they called on Jesus, the Bible said he stood over her. God's standing over this remnant church tonight. Are you listening? God's standing over this remnant church. He's standing between you and the forces of darkness that would try to assail you and try to stop you. He's standing between you and sickness and disease and pain and infirmity and malady and malfunction. And he's not just standing there silent. The Bible said that when he stood over her, he rebuked the fever. And that word rebuke means he pointed his finger under the nose of the devil and said, stop it. That's enough. And I want to tell the devil tonight, stop it. That's enough. You stole enough power out of the church you've stolen enough of the basic tenets of the faith so that people can no longer get across the bridge they need healing but they can't get across the bridge I think what we ought to do is repair the breach I think it's time we stood in front of this bridge and chaperoned this word of God from the throne room of glory like a man would chaperone his virgin daughters. You let a man try to lay his hand on my little girl. She's two now. I don't care if she's 12 or 20 or 40 or 50. If you're not her husband, Jack, you better not be putting your hand on my little girl. And I want to tell the devil tonight to get his hands off the basic tenets of gospel truth that will send revenge Bible sweeping across America like a wildfire, the flame of the glory and majesty of Almighty God. Somebody shout in this church. David said, I've not yet tried this armor, but I know about this sling. My God, let's get the sling of our anointing and turn it loose against our Goliaths and tell Saul to get back in his fearful corner. Now, don't you get mad at us because we want to do something. Oral Roberts stomped across platforms like this 40 years ago. Dr. Lester Summerall was casting out devils in the mountains of Tibet 45 years ago. What we're doing is nothing new. It's just that you let the devil steal it out of your theology. But thank God we're going to put it back in. We're going to put it back in and restore the glory days to the body of Christ. We're going to see altars lined up Sinners trying to flood in the building and preachers can't do anything but just direct them where to go. This is our revival. We're going to have it. We're going to have it. 
Ready for number one? Number one. It's real deep. Y'all ready? Wish I could sit on this thing. Are you ready? I know this may be over a few of your heads. Just try to hang in here. Take a few notes on it. Get out your thesaurus and your concordance and study it later. It goes like this. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Everybody shout the Bible. Oh, hallelujah. Wouldn't you like to go to your church this Sunday and hear a message from the Bible instead of the Reader's Digest? How about a message from the Word of Almighty God? How about it served up fresh and hot, anointed off the plate of the Holy Ghost, fire energized, Holy Ghost baptized, message from the Word of the living God? Well, the word's not relevant. It's the oak of God. Planted in the forests of eternity. Entwining its roots around the rock of ages. Forever, O oh Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. God said what he meant and meant what he said. And you can pillow your head on that book in your dying hour. And I think it's time we restored Bible doctrine, Bible preaching, the infallibility, the inerrancy of the eternal edict of Almighty God. He said his word was settled. It was like rain that fell down out of heaven and returned not thither but it did not return unto him void. It will accomplish that that it is sent forth into the earth to do. Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word and it healed them. What do we need the Bible for? If you look in the Bible in Matthew, you'll find out he's the Messiah. In Mark, you'll recognize he's the wonder worker. In Luke, he's the son of God. And in John, he's the son of man. In Acts, he's my baptizer in the Holy Ghost. In Romans, he's my justifier. In Corinthians, he's my sanctifier. In Galatians, he's my redeemer from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. In Ephesians, he's the Christ of unsearchable riches. Get away from my virgin daughters. Get away from the word of Almighty God. You can't have it. I don't care what you say. In, oh, somebody shout amen. amen. Dear God, I got to get this bridge rebuilt. How about this one put back in the bridge? You must be born again. How about 
that for some heavy theology. But that's all Stanley needed to hear. And that's all Tina needed to hear. And that's all you needed to hear. And that's all I needed to hear at eight years of age. I didn't have any big 5,000 seat building like this to go to. I was a little Baptist boy, eight years old. Went into a building where a woman was the preacher. Baptists don't believe in that. Eight years old. Eight year, I hold the record for being lost the least amount of time. I was under the grace of God, and the minute God revealed to me I was a sinner, I pulled on my mama's dress tail as a Baptist boy in a Pentecostal meeting with a woman preacher. We were Baptists. We didn't believe in talking in tongues, and we didn't believe in women preachers. Now, wouldn't that be the case? But when this thing was rolling, and when people cared more about lost people than they did their particular little pet doctrines, when one church had revival, you say, well, what were you doing as a Baptist in a Pentecostal meeting? They were having revival. And when somebody in our town had revival, my family went, no matter who they were or what they were doing, to add their agreement. And it Eight years of age, I tugged on my mama's dress tail and I said, Mama, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. She said, I think he's waiting right up there at that two by six wooden bench. And I walked up there in a room that was less than half the size of this platform with concrete walls, painted church basement blue with a little string hanging down out of the ceiling with a light bulb screwed in the bottom of it. But I remember those people dancing all over that building that night. I remember hankies waving. I can see it. It was a sweltering hot in there you couldn't get your breath maybe that helped that woman preach on hell cause it was so hot I could feel it and I said God I've got to have a savior and I went to an altar and I knelt down and I'm here to tell you 30 years later it's more real on the inside of me than it was that moment I knelt when he first shed his glorious light into my darkened heart shout I think it's time we got that born again doctrine back in there. Somebody say yeah. yeah. Shout yes. Yeah. Say I'm born, again. I'm born again. By the blood of the Lamb. The of the what can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Get out of here, devil. This is my bridge. Ah, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood. Lose all their guilty stains. Hallelujah. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary, on a hill far away. Stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. You can have your new doctrines if you want to. I'm gonna cling. Cling like a vine in the middle of a hailstorm. I'm going to cling to the old rugged cross. Give me that old time religion. 
Give me that old time religion. It was good for Paul and Silas, and it's good enough for me. America is waiting to hear that they can be born again by the blood of the Lamb, not of works, lest any man should boast. All you need to do is say, God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and instantly he'll be found with you. Don't be messing with my bridge, devil. It's my bridge. And I'm going to chaperone it. You don't want to let me in your little ecumenical community? I didn't sign up for a registration. You don't like me because I preach for people to be born again? That's all right. Just let me go on in blissful ignorance. Seeing thousands every week come to Christ. Just leave me alone. Well, see what else we can find around here. Oh, yeah, I see a dark one over there nobody wants to talk about. The one thing we've all got in common and nobody wants to talk about. But the Bible still says the soul that sinneth you going to put this in your theology, preacher? The soul that's... Well, I can just hear you guys going back on Sunday morning, jumping in that pulpit and screaming like a wild man. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, and you'll have an altar service like you haven't had in years in your church. <laughs> Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. God wants us sanctified from the world, sanctified in our spirit, sanctified in our minds, sanctified in our souls, sanctified in our emotions, so that we're not so churchy that we can't tell the difference because the world is so churchy and the church is so worldly. You can't tell the difference. I believe God's calling out a remnant of people whose appetites have been changed, whose attitudes have been changed, whose attire has been changed. They don't look like the world. The world has no hold on them. For nothing in the world, everything in the world is but dung, for they count all things but dung for the excellency of Christ that they might win him and they are laying aside every weight of sin that does so easily beset them and they're running with patience the race somebody shout if you want me to put sin back in our theology oh I'm having a good time have I preached two hours yet? <laughs> Heard a lady over here a little while ago say, Dear God, honey, he doesn't show any sign of slowing down. <laughs> I'm stronger than I, right now than when I first started. Listen, I want to see us get these things back in the church. I'm so tired of a bunch of philosophical mismatch. I'm so tired of turning on Christian television and can't find any anointing and can't find any blessing and can't find any power and never see anybody saved and never see anybody delivered and never see anybody healed, won't cast out devils. I'm tired of Pentecostal churches putting talking in tongues only in the Sunday night service. Listen, I'm a Baptist. I said I'm a Baptist. I've never been taken 
taken off the roll as far as I know. I'm still a Baptist, but there's something else I want to put back in our theology. It comes from Acts chapter 2, and it says on the day of Pentecost, there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house wherein they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each one of them, and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Everybody thinks we ought to put Holy Ghost, Pentecostal, tongue-talking power back in our theology. Stand on your feet and shout. It's my camp meeting. I'll preach if I want to, as long as I want to, as hard as I want to. You would preach too if it was your camp meeting. <laughs> hey, I believe this. I believe this. The gospel will change America. We've been flopping around in a little bit of pool of leftover spiritual blessing. When God's got a river for us, Methodist, Dr. Summerall shared it with you when he first got up here. The Methodist campgrounds used to be the most fire-filled place in town. Are you listening? You know what John Wesley said? Founder of the Methodist movement. He said, I do not fear that Methodism and the people called Methodist will ever cease to exist. But I do fear that in existing they become a dead sect having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Not done yet. Said Wesley, if Methodism is ever overthrown, it will be at the hands of our scholars and theologians who neither believe her doctrines nor practice her policy. It is from these men that it must cleanse itself or fall by its own weight. The modernist theologians of our day say there's nothing left to the word of God. Said one, the Bible has lost all hold on the leaders of thought. And his death, this is in one of the greatest theological schools in America. Said the Bible is destined to become one of the great curiosities of the past. Said he, the inspiration of they that spake of thus saith the Lord is of little more relevance than the whirling of ancient heathen medicine men. I think it's time Pentecostal folk started acting like Pentecostal folk. I think tongue talking is okay. I think we ought to get the gifts of the Spirit back in our theology. 
I think we ought to hear some preaching and some manifestation of tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy and the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and discerning of spirits and wonder-working faith and the gift of the working of miracles and the gifts of healings. You want to have revival in your church? Get the Holy Ghost and his gifts back in your theology. I'm winding down. I've about got this thing rebuilt. Oh, I got one over there. Hey, Willie, come over here and get this one for me, will you? Come over here and get this one for me, Willie. We're going to put this one back. This is my Uncle Willie. He can help me preach if he wants to. Willie was 35 years an alcoholic. Not a sober day in 35 years till in a service where Brother Dwight Thompson in this church, come on up here on the platform, will he? I know him. I've known him all my life. I watched him sit in his driveway and drink booze. I watched him follow. He used to call me all the time and say, well, Rod, I'd like to know God, but I can't give up this old bottle. I just can't get away from that old beer. I just can't leave it alone. I don't think I'll ever be able to be saved. But a few years ago, he came into a service where a man didn't care and was unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he preached on the subject of deliverance. And he said, you can be free from that bottle if you've had enough. Stand up and say enough is enough. Enough. And Willie raised his hand and he said, enough is enough. And he came to an altar and Dwight Thompson said, in the name of Jesus, you alcoholic spirit, come out of him. And in an instant, he was delivered and he stands on this platform tonight free from the oppressive devices of Satan's power because we're serving a God that is still in the delivering from demonic power business. If you want to see it, put back in our theology, clap your hands and shout while Willie puts it back in the bridge. Free from alcohol, free from drugs. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody praise God, we're about to get the thing rebuilt. Hallelujah. There are more alcoholics waiting to come across this bridge. Be seated. There are more drug addicts waiting to come across this bridge. There are more teenagers ready to put a gun in their mouth and take their life that want to come across this bridge. Preacher, you want to bring people into the kingdom of God, get the basic theology of the tenets of faith back in the bridge, repair the breach, restore the paths to dwell in, and you won't be able to handle the people that will run across Calvary's laid-down bridge into the blessing of God. You'll have to tear down and build again and tear down and build again and tear down and build again because the greatest revival we've ever seen lies straight ahead of those that will preach the gospel without compromise. Got time for one more? Are you sure? Well, you know, Brother Ron, I don't know. 
I don't know about this healing stuff. Channel 6 News came over here the other first Sunday morning of camp meeting. Sat back here and listened to me preach for an hour and 15 minutes. I didn't know they were here. I wish I had. They got some of our people afterwards. Where's Debbie? Come here, Debbie. Pick up a couple of those planks right there and bring them to your brother. I'm getting a little tired. This is Debbie. Debbie. They said, uh, said now this, uh, they, asked our, they asked our men here, they said, uh, now this preacher of yours said, uh, he gets awful excited, doesn't he? He said, yeah, he gets awful excited. Come on up here, baby. He gets awful excited. They said, now, uh, does he do that thing where he hits people and <laughs> they fall down and that kind of stuff? Does he? Said, what do you mean? Said, you know where they, she, the reporter said, where they go like this, you know, where they do that thing and <laughs> say, be healed. Said, does he do that? Does he do that with regularity? First Peter 2 24, with his stripes. Well, Pastor, we don't see very many people healed in our church. You don't ever pray for them. This is my sister, Debbie. Two years my elder, my only sibling. Several years ago, the doctor looked at us and said, we're putting her on 35 prescribed medications a day. I can palm a basketball in both hands. Her pills overflowed, both of my hands put together. And I was preaching, I thought. The doctor looked at us and said, we're going to give her all the vials and needles for Demerol that she can stand. We brought them home in boxes. Looked in her eyes and said, she's got three months maximum to live. We found a little troll doll of a looking man Name Norval Hayes. And Norval said, If you believe, she'll be healed. He wrapped his arms around my little frail sister and prayed for two hours and 45 minutes. Screaming to the devil, you're not going to have her. Chaperoning that word like a man would his virgin daughters. Telling the devil, rebuking him, telling him to get his hands off the integrity of God's word. God said with his stripes we are healed and we believe we are healed now. He that soever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe those things that he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, what things soever you desire. When you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. The end of two hours and 45 minutes, 
with him holding her like this. Her legs went straight out backwards like this. Three grown men suspended their weight on her leg and tried to push it down. She only weighed 92 pounds. One of them's right here. Stand up, Ron Daly. Stand up on that pew so everybody can see you. This is not a little man. Three men got on top of her little frail leg and tried to push it down. Why? The devil was trying to pull her out of Norval's hands. But he screamed with tenacity and stomped his foot and wept like a baby. And he said, no, devil, no, you're not going to have her. Just try, you demon hordes of hell, you bunch of philosophical numbskulls. You try to get this theology out of my heart. You can't get it out. The Holy Ghost wrote it on my heart. You can't get it away from me. You, the man with an argument is never at the mercy of a man with an experience. And my sister is healed by the power of God. If you believe we ought to keep healing in our theology, stand on your feet, clap your hands, and let's be the bridge This one's for my mama. This one's for my mama. The doctor said on Tuesday, she's full of cancer. We gotta cut her breasts off by Thursday. We said we can't. He said, I won't be responsible. We said, you don't have to be. We've got another one responsible. His name is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord thy God that healeth thee. And she's here tonight without a cancer cell in her body, healed by the power of God. If you've ever been healed by the mighty power of God, shout his praises. And let's get it back in our theology. Stay standing. This is it. This is it. This was a seven-parter. And I got it all out tonight. Everybody say, thank God for miracles. This is camp meeting. You're supposed to get changed. This is it. Just one more. But without this one, none of the rest are effective. Noted modernist theologian of our day said, when asked about the subject of prayer, he said, prayer? I don't think that the church of the future will have any more place for prayer than it does for any other form of magic. His colleague stood up beside him and said, prayer? Ha, ha. Why not use a prayer wheel like Banna White? He said, we go through the motions of prayer, but we do not and we cannot expect results. He said, prayer is doomed. Excuse me. Liar, liar. Everybody say it. Liar, liar. 
Say it loud. Liar, liar. One more time, point your finger. Liar, liar. Because my Bible says in Jeremiah 33 and 3, call unto me and I will answer thee. 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 David said, this poor man cried unto the Lord. And the Lord heard him. And the Lord delivered him out of all his trouble. How many of you believe in a prayer answering God? We've got it all in there. He'll heal us, deliver us from demon power. One other thing you better put back in your theology. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. And with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up into the clouds to be with the Lord, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Put this back in your theology. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Let's get back to Bible preaching and gospel living. Let's reach our hands to a sick, sighing, crying, dying world with the gospel, Jesus Christ. Every head up and everybody looking around. Please stay with me just for a couple of minutes. I know I've preached a long time. I'm aware of that. But we had a lot of work to do tonight. We had to build the bridge. But it's here tonight. And it's complete. And the bridge will take you from where you are to where you need to be. Calvary spanned the gap of man's sin. Jesus laid down his life. He sent the blessed Holy Ghost to give us power. Sent his word and healed us. I wonder how many tonight will say, Pastor Rod, I've just been waiting on somebody to tell me how to get to God. Listen, it's not your good works. It's not going to the right church. It's not paying your taxes. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus. It's not in a Hindu cow. It's not in a Buddhist shrine. It's not in an Allah God. It's only in the name of the blood of the Son of the living God 
You must cry out, I'm a sinner, and he'll say, I'm a savior. And he'll save you from your sins tonight. If you're not saved, you're looking eternity in the eye, staring hell in the face. You don't need to go there. You can go to heaven. If you want to come across the bridge tonight from where you are to where you need to be, if you want to go to heaven and not hell, you want to serve God and not the devil, Satan, I break your deceiving power. I bind you now in the name of Jesus over the lives of men and women. Give us judgment day honesty. I'm going to count to three if you want to go to heaven and not hell. Serve God and not the devil. When I say three with boldness, shoot your hand up in the air. We're going to bring you across the bridge tonight. You're going to be as sure for heaven as if you were already there. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. One, this is it. Eternity is a long, long time. Hands are already going up. Two, don't go to hell for anybody. It's not worth it. This is your night. You can break the chains tonight. Jesus is talking to you tonight. Come to the Lord. Come to him tonight break the chains. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up right now all over this building. Dozens of you. Shoot it up. Shoot it up right now. We're waiting on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ha leave it up. Leave it up. Leave it up. A Christian is coming. How many tonight will say, Pastor Rod, I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I want that kind of Pentecostal power and I don't have it. When I say three, shoot your hand up in the air. One, two, three. Do it right now. Amen. While we're coming, those of you that want to accept Jesus as your Savior, those of you that want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, while we sing, come right now as we thank God for what he's doing in your life. Come now. Just as come on. We're waiting. We're waiting. Come on. Come on. Christians, make sure that everybody around you is ready to meet God. Make sure that everybody around you is ready to meet God. They're coming down every aisle from the back row of the balcony. Come on. Come on, Jesus is waiting. You don't need to give him anything but your brokenness. Just your brokenness. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> They're still coming down every aisle. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you, born a sinner. I've committed sins, and I'm ashamed of them. But I had no power not to sin. And I come to you tonight because you're the only one that can forgive me. You're the only one that never sinned. Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart. I confess my sins and I confess you as my Savior. Satan, say it strong. Satan, I renounce you. You are not my God. I will not serve you. Go from me now. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Give me the assurance I'm on my way to heaven. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before you can think anything else, throw your hands straight up in the air. Shout as loud as you can. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. Well, if you're happy about it, jump up and down a little bit. Go ahead. Jump up and down.
Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.